Something very strange is going on at Disney. Welcome to the Summer of the Uses podcast with Richard Wigan. I am that Richard Wigan. Let's just get right into it. We discuss a lot on the show, streaming, theatrical releases, budgets, and I expressed my opinion of this one episode we just took. I was very intrigued by the success of the later Spider-Man movie because it did not make sense to me. I know Spider-Man is a very popular character, but in this day and age, it looks odd to me. It, 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 it looks like they are kind of controlling um, how far a movie can go out or how long it can be in theaters. And with anything, you know, movies come and go. I express my feelings about Amsterdam, how I got overlooked. It, this doesn't make any sense to me that other movies get shelved. You know, movies that you have heard of get shelved. Disney in particular seems to be like my main target on this show. And because it is tied to so many things, it's tied to everything that I talk about. When I talk about Marvel, Pixar, Disney Plus, in the sense of when we talk about streaming competitors, it's getting worse. And they're not learning. And for whatever reason, a lot of streaming companies aren't learning. You have movies that go to theaters. You have movies that come out digitally. And then you have movies that stream exclusively on one app or one service. And depending on what that service is, like I said, it could either be an app or Netflix still has a deal where you can have DVDs sent to the house. They do still do that because there is a percentage of the customers who still utilize that part of Netflix. But in terms of when a movie comes out, you have the budget of a movie. And I'm always intrigued by... I'm so intrigued by the numbers behind a movie because you want to see that... that, That's how we get sequels, actually. Because they look at the, the success of the first one. And once that becomes a... Um, popular item the big talk for whatever movie it is 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 there going to be a sequel or what will the sequel be and depending on what you know some of these don't even start as franchises and they just turn into them you know harry potter has a lot of movies under the belt and due to their lack of um, popularity and due to lack of support for the author, J.K. Rowling, um, and her beliefs, has damaged the Fantastic Beast plan, as as also uh, plans for other future Harry Potter-related projects. Nobody, well, I will say nobody, the main cast don't want to contribute. They've, they've separated themselves from JK. Not kidding, but her name is JK. 
So then you have that. Warner Brothers, they're not making very good decisions over there. They've completely changed their plan. DC Comics is a mess. So then you got James Gunn, who's known for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. He's going to come in and fix everything. Now you got Dwayne Johnson, who's going to combat Warner Brothers and James Gunn. And he's really just telling what, how he feels about Warner Brothers and what their original intent was, if any, to bring back characters or not bring back characters. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but there is a cameo at the end of Black Adam. And Dwayne Johnson was in charge of, he was uh, responsible for making that happen, and it almost didn't happen. And he and he's just going back and forth with James Gunn because he wants the DC universe to go in one direction, and James Gunn wants it in another direction, and it's a whole mess. James Gunn wants to focus on the Suicide Squad stuff. Everything has a problem in the DC world, for some reason. You have the Suicide Squad has Will Smith in it, or did have Will Smith in it. Aquaman had Amber Heard in it. They, they put themselves in a difficult place. Some places they're learning, some places they aren't. Ezra Miller is still going to be the Flash. And in a perfect world, that shouldn't be. How is that a thing? And people are talking about it. It's not something that the, uh, the fans are not rioting against. They are making it very clear that they don't want this. Like I said, Warner Brothers isn't making very well uh, done decisions. And Disney isn't either. And their latest film, Strange World, I saw when I saw the trailer, I had no idea what it was about, what it was, what the themes are, what what messages it had in it. Apparently it has like global, you know, climate type messaging and I wasn't into it for other reasons. I mean we we have a lot of other movies to watch and that didn't seem for one thing, every once in a while there's a word that comes out that gets everybody you know, oh yeah, that that would go that. And that makes you think of different things. Like uh, when Twilight came out, vampires were all the rage. So all your movies wanted to come out and have vampire-related things. When The Walking Dead came out, that's when zombies were resurrected back into our world. And now with the Strange World, it's like they're milking for what Stranger Things is, because that's what the, a lot of these creatures in Strange World. As I can remember from the trailer, kind of look like this is very you know, interesting as itself. Copies of characters from Stranger Things, even though Stranger Things is supposed to be like this um, retro, like you, you're thinking you're watching something from the 80s, and a lot of the characters in it kind of have their own homage to it. You have Strange World trying to mimic. Stranger Things. And then you have Doctor Strange on top of that, which is also owned by Disney. And apparently did well, did not do well. 
they're filing that under you know uh, another fail under um, phase four of the MCU. Like these movies come out and act like they have a plan. Wakanda Forever came out, and they were put in a very odd position. Their main actor Chadwick Boseman passed away before production. Production had, had, had barely started because it would have been like finishing up touches of you know whatever they had from the first one or all the Avenger movies and stuff were all shot you know all at the same time. But I, I, I don't think production officially started because I, I saw that the Black Panther two script. Um, was handed to Chadwick uh, just a couple of weeks before he passed. So, you know, he, they had to not only um, write him, they do pay tribute to him, they completely had to change their their movie. And that's where it, it that's when movies like Black Panther should have come out along, I know you can't control things, but a movie like Black Panther should have come out years ago and that wasn't the direction that they whatever whatever they, they they thought that the audience was whatever the MCU began and whatever plan that they thought that they had these later movies you have a, a superhero that is a black leading actor you have Captain Marvel uh, which is a leading actress uh, you have uh, Shang-Chi, which is an Asian lead playing a uh, Marvel character. And for whatever reason, these different movies have had different kinds of things happen to them. Uh, beginning with, um, you know, Black Panther had a very distinct honor of being nominated for an Academy Award. Which doesn't happen to a lot of your movies. Chadwick Boseman, I think, was nominated. Captain Marvel, the backlash that it suffered, has forced them to kind of do anything they can to, yes, we'll, we'll have Brie Larson come back, but maybe we'll make this a character where anybody can be Captain Marvel. You know, it's kind of like a mixture of the, they're listening to the fans, the ones who like it and the ones who don't. They're listening to them at the same time. Because they haven't completely replaced Brie Larson, but they are making it look like, hey, we got uh, you know Miss Marvel, and we got all these other characters that can come out on Disney Plus, and you know fade out. That eventually, who's going to hand it over? You know, who's going to hand over the next Captain Marvel? And we haven't even seen a lot of Captain Marvel. You know, Captain America was in all the Avengers. He was in all the Captain Americas. He's still going to have one, another movie come out. And they've already had a show called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which handed the shield down to someone else because the Falcon didn't want it. Spoiler. So you have all that. So that, that, that's the plan. That's what it sounds like when there was a plan. And then we talked about Shang-Chi and what they went through, thinking, hey, we're going to play with the numbers. What if this is an experimental movie where it goes to theaters and online at the same time? 
that's Disney's strategy. It's been Disney's strategy ever since the pandemic. And they are echoing what Universal did with Trolls because Trolls ended up actually doing really well for a streaming movie. Kind of re uh, made everybody rethink putting a movie out there like that. Theaters were failing anyways. Now you have movies that barely go to theaters. Strange World went to theaters. It was released into theaters. And here, where, here here's where it really gets interesting as far as the numbers go. Because Wakanda Forever has already surpassed over 300 million in the U.S. Worldwide over 675 million. This is the third week for Wakanda Forever on the chart. Black Adam has taken in so far over 162 million domestically. Worldwide, it's like half of what Black Panther has made for three weeks. And Black Adam has been out for six weeks. So double the weeks, half the money. But there's a, the, the difference is DC Comics and their strategy. And I, I saw something that The Rock had said where not a lot of people knew what Black Adam was or, or the Justice Society. And I was thinking, I've heard of the Justice Society. That's not true. We, my family and I, we watch, of all the CW shows, we watch Stargirl. Shout out to Luke Wilson, because he is the reason why we watch the show. It's a free show to watch, and Luke Wilson's on it. Owen Wilson, his brother, is on Loki on Disney+, Plus, which is not free. So we got into Stargirl that way. And Stargirl has an interesting story because they were on an app, the DC app, and that didn't pan out. They That service didn't pan out, and they moved things over. They thought, hey, we're going to put Stargirl on the CW, see how it does. So then when they got renewed for a second season, they got renewed for CW. And then they are now back with a new third season currently they finished up their show i think already and that's only one of many of the warner brother dc comic run shows now like i said we starker was the only one we watched i've always wanted to see arrow got behind in that um the main one i really was interested in was the flash because it had more actors that i Recognize it had Jesse L. Martin, it had Tom Tom Cavanaugh. Um, didn't know who the Flash guy was, but I thought, hey, he's he, you know, to me, he looks like he could be the Flash, and that's what kind of made me mad that when they turned around and made a Justice League movie, they wouldn't get the original Flash from the CW show. They'd choose their cinematic version, as they do with Batman and a lot of the other characters, Superman as well. They get Ezra Miller, you know, the problem child, even though he's not a child. He's just 
problematic. So, well, we did start watching The Legends of Tomorrow. So, all these shows that I've listed, eventually, you do have to watch all of them because they all cross over on many different runs throughout their um, weeks, years, and seasons. They have stories that overlap. And they get pretty creative. I, I, I saw one that was really interest, uh, interesting because it hinted at where DC Comics was going in the universe of bringing back Michael Keaton. And Michael Keaton returning as Batman is a big deal. A really big deal. He was supposed to be in Batgirl and Warner Brothers has shelved it, even though it was completed. Completely shelved it. DC Comics in general has... I mean, when I say DC Comics has problems, I act like Marvel has everything together, and they don't. But money-wise, somehow, they're making it work. Because they're Disney-owned, they are somehow making it work. So, this new movie, Strange World, is not Pixar. It's a Disney movie. And I feel like Disney... Years ago, it, they act like Disney and Pixar were going to separate. But then I think they, they understood the fact that Disney needed Pixar. But they also wanted to kind of... I think they did it deliberately to kind of say, Hey, we're going to stop doing only Pixar things and kind of branch off into our own Walt Disney animation... And they started making their original movies, like the, uh, Chip, the Chip and Dale thing that we talked about. Um, you know, my family was really um, down that Luca and Soul and Turning Red were all on Disney+. And none of them got to go to theaters. And when Lightyear was released. Lightyear, of course, got to go to theaters and did not do very well. They are still not learning over there. As more and more Disney owns more and more properties, they're getting worse in their decision-making skills. And so is Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is just as bad. Um, but so far, Disney hasn't completely pulled anything or revamped what they're doing. They're just kind of... And I thought about this, about Disney+, Plus, what it kind of mimics in um, from yesterday's world. Disney was always notorious for direct-to-video sequels. Oh, Enchanted has recently come on a Disney Plus. Disney Plus exclusively. But Disney would always make sequels to your favorite Disney cartoons. And they would not go to theaters. And nobody really missed that. We didn't have social media for everybody to squawk about. Maybe people were coming out of their houses and yelling on the streets. I never heard it. But there are, like... Lion King sequels, and I think there's a Peter Pan 2, Little Mermaid 2. Aladdin went through several, even with 
with and without Robin Williams. They tried that. They had the first Aladdin, which a lot of the characters from Disney are actually public domain fables turned into Disney characters. That's another thing, you know, because copyrights on a lot of these characters are basically the designs. Winnie the Pooh is now a horror movie because of some technical thing due to copyright law. And then I just saw that the Grinch is now going to be a horror movie. He's going around killing people. That's what this world becomes when everything that was positive and light-hearted when I grew up. You know, we, we grew up watching Aladdin. And I loved it because of the genie. And it was marketed to like the genie. It was marketed for the songs. It was written by these really popular composers. That's how it, it got into our heads. That, that Robin Williams was a funny genie. And come to find out he improvises most of his lines. And ends up being the funniest things. And we got completely overlooked... We, you know, as a child, you don't notice that the whole movie is like whitewashing because you're watching all these characters that should be speaking a different language and they're all speaking them um, perfect English. Perfect English. Some have accents, some don't. Um, there was Return to Far, which was a direct video movie that I. I, I got into Aladdin. And then I was kind of like let down that Robin Williams wasn't coming back as the genie. But it, who replaces him? It's Dan Castellaneta. And at that time I was like, who's that? I mean, I don't think I knew the name. I think I later found out and go, oh, Dan Castellaneta, who's Homer. There's always popular voices in The Simpsons. He would voice Aladdin. Uh, he would voice the genie on the Aladdin series when they would have Aladdin in the afternoons. Disney had a lot going on. You know, they had cartoons going in the afternoons for after-school stuff or morning shows. I'd watch Hercules, animated series. Then you had the Disney Channel, which was their first um, proper, uh, their first way to monetize exclusive content like That's So Raven and Hannah Montana. You know, things that I would never get into it just so happens it was on the Disney Channel. The only thing I'd probably, you know, want to see would be like maybe the Halloween movies. It would always sound exciting if you had access to it on the Disney Channel. Uh, and not videotape. Now this stuff is probably all over Disney+. Plus. So they had control over that. They had control over that and they had control over the vault. They would say, Bambi's coming back for a limited time only, and then it's going back in the vault. And I think that's what Disney Plus is now. It's this control, except for the fact that you're not going to be owning any of it. And they are direct to streaming sequels. But you won't have no physical form of it. And if you don't pay the, the money a month to see it, you're not going to see it at all. So it's like it has been locked in a vault. And you'll never see it. Unless you pay the fee, watch the movie, overpay, 
if you want to see it when it first comes out. And then the trend becomes, let's remake all the Disney movies, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, 101 Dalmatians, Mulan. So they, they, they got a lot going on. It's like, are they really as powerful and popular as they think they are? Because they have a lot of properties. And whoever's in charge is milking it for everything it's worth. And the CEO is now going to the original uh, Bob Iger, who at one time was the CEO of Disney, is now come back. That's going to reset the pace of a lot of your shows. They got some Star Wars things to fix. Star Wars is a mess. Disney Plus series. I finally got to see two episodes of their most talked about series, Andor. And when I first read about it, people weren't really excited about it. And I guess the show just ended. And I don't really hear more people talking about it as much as they did The Mandalorian. But what The Mandalorian had going for it was this Baby Yoda looking thing. Which wasn't really Baby Yoda, but that's a separate issue. But it did get people into Star Wars original characters. No, nothing like Han Solo or anything. Because then Disney Plus decides to do the book of Boba Fett. And a lot of their negative responses to it was, you know, not making it purely about Boba Fett and kind of relating it more to Mandalorian connections. It, it had a, has a hard time being its own thing. Now they got another series called Andor, which is supposed to be based off the character from Star Wars Rogue One, which really, really set the pace before Mandalorian of how to do a Star Wars movie completely, like, you're connecting it a little bit to the original source, but tweaking it so it sounds like it's something new. And people like that. People like Rogue One. They also like Rogue One because George Lucas wasn't part of it. Anything that's not anything to do with George Lucas these days in Star Wars is better for Star Wars fans than the originals. But back to Strange World. Reasons why movies get released to theaters. Um, as I said, all the um, budgets that I mentioned. There was another movie that came out over the weekend called Glass Onion. Which is actually a Knives Out sequel. Now, Knives Out was the last movie my family and I... Well, I take that back. That was the last movie that my sister bought on DVD. Our last movie that we saw in theaters before the pandemic hit was Onward, Disney Pixar. But Knives Out was the last DVD my sister bought right before... We weren't allowed to go to stores anymore um, unless we properly protected ourselves. And stores were very, being very cautious of who to let in and the distance we could be with each other. Knives Out was a very interesting movie. I actually absolutely loved it, watching it in theaters and, and loved watching it even more so on DVD. So when there was talks of a sequel, Netflix bought the rights over $407 million to buy the rights to make Knives Out sequels starring 
Daniel Craig, and you better believe it, he's getting a huge chunk of that himself. As rightly so. But you also bring a whole slew of new characters to the mix. And Ryan Johnson, who is a former director of a Star Wars movie that people take a lot of... He's taken a lot of heat on. Has now created something on his own that people are responding to. And the sequel has not yet been released on Netflix. It comes out the day before Christmas Eve, December 23rd. But... They did this interesting little experiment. They released it into theaters last week for one week only. And that movie made money. Now, did it make a whole lot of money to really bark about? Well, what do I do? Go to the numbers. Numbers don't lie, right? So the following one I'm going to say is back to the Black Panther Wakanda Forever gross is over three hundred six, almost $370 million. They make that by going into over 4,000 theaters. Okay? So they have a wide range of the most theaters that a movie can be in. It's there. They have that money to make it. Black Adam is was is still in theaters and roughly over a little uh, like 2600 or so theaters but it's been six weeks so that movie will soon be disappearing so the number will be going lower and lower like i said it's made a hundred and some almost pretty close to 200 million for the u.s Strange World has made, since it came out last week, 11 million. Okay? That's almost over almost 12 million dollars. Well, now it says 18 million. Over 18 million domestically. Worldwide, 27 million. So let's go back to that for a second. Because this was... That was counting... This is... Uh, um, yeah, I was reading the wrong number. Total gross to date, 18 million. But over the weekend, they only took in 11 million. And they were hoping to make at least 30 or 40 million this past weekend. It's the worst Thanksgiving opening weekend in history for movies. That's what they say. Strange World leads the way in that. And their budget was close to 120, 130 million. And I'm like, where was that money? Because, you know, it said it has a star studded cast, but it's Jake Gyllenhaal, it, it's uh, Dennis Quaid, Gabrielle Union. Alan Tudyke, and I think the list just stops there of people that are really up there. And Alan Tudyke is the narrator. So this movie really wasn't marketed as, hey guys, let's check out the latest Jake Chillen Hall, Dennis Quaid project. On a side note, 
I guess Jake Gyllenhaal was in an interview, and he was surprised by the fact that he had learned that because they play father and son in this movie, he was surprised that him and Dennis Quaid had been in a movie before where they played father and son the day after tomorrow. Completely forgot that. For some reason, people are forgetting what they did. There's another musician, B.B. Rexaw. I swear is a name that you make up when you go to a hotel and you want to hide from the world. She released a, uh, she participated in a song like a year or so, a few years ago, unreleased, and now it's been leaked, which is very odd. I found this song. I found this song, did not know what it was, should have done something with it, didn't, and then somehow someone else does something with it on TikTok, and it becomes this thing that is taken everybody by storm, including B.B. Rexall going, huh? That sounds like me. It is you. So, so everybody's like forgetting what they, you know, how do you forget working with Dennis Quaid? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's not the best example. You know, the Gyllenhaals, as far as their careers go, they're higher up. You know, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, they get better work. Jake Gyllenhaal's kind of had some hits and misses. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal has lately stayed on the radar by doing some kind of like, you know, low-profile things. Um, the Quades? Oh, my goodness. Uh, his brothers are nuts. Let's just leave it at that. But his son, Jack Quaid, is, is doing really well. First saw him in a movie called Logan Lucky with Daniel Craig. Uh, we didn't watch it with Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's in the movie. But Jack Quaid, he also is part of The Boys on Amazon Prime. And he was in the most recent Scream. And yeah, I want his character to go. I called it from the very beginning. Spoiler alert. You should see it by now. You, should, you really should. It's on DVD. It's had its run. You know, that's why these podcasts are out there now to spoil everything. Because a lot of these movies need to be seen. You know. And that's that's the thing in Awesome too. Trailers used to give away too much. And they still do. You know, the George Clooney, Julia Roberts movie. You watch that whole movie. It's like, what's missing? That you're going to be excited. And is there going to be a huge payoff? But that that's kind of what movies need to do. They are really going all in. Like uh, Lightyear. Already had the Tooth Infinity and beyond, you know. They, they just went and had nostalgic things for everybody to... You, you watch a lot of that. all happened really fast. And it's like, what's missing out of that? I still want to see it. You know, I still want I still want it. Um, because it's light year. We're, we're going to talk about Tim Allen in another show. It's a whole nother, whole nother boat to ride. It's the Tim Allen boat. But it just... That's when the movie goes to theaters. They would have made their money if they brought out these other Disney Plus things. The Luca, the Soul. People would have, people would have watched Soul. They would have. Yes. Jimmy Fox, Yes. John Baptiste won Academy Award for the music. Won Grammys for this music. This was an important movie. And that should have gone to theaters. Luca was an interesting story. I don't know if they didn't want to take the gamble on it. 
but we wanted to go to theaters so we could see it. You know, we had to wait for the DVD, and a lot of what Disney Pixar has made has come to DVD. We we've lucked out, but now, now it you know it's still it's still up in the air whether they're going to still do that and honor that. But Strange World, as far as I know, is going to probably come out to DVD because it went to theaters, and they need their money. Yes, they do, um, and it will. It's hoping to be on Disney Plus by Christmas. Whereas Black Panther Wakanda Forever, it's going to be a while. It's not coming until next year. So, but they've made their money. You know, Disney is now choosing when and where to make their money. You know, why would you have the Enchanted sequel, Disenchanted, and Hocus Pocus 2 only be on Disney Plus if more people, they're thinking in the long run of, if you make your big things on Disney Plus, they're going to get that money, which is a subscription service, to bring in more money to access everything they got. Even though, and that's why I wanted to bring up Glass Onion. Glass Onion took in nine million and four hundred thousand last weekend. Their total is over thirteen million. It's like that's not very good. Thirteen million? And I just told you that Strange World took in eleven million over the weekend? That's not good. Well Strange World made eleven million and they went to four thousand theaters. Glass Onion, they made their money. 13 million, and they only went to 696 theaters. So the big toss up is why would Netflix do that? And Netflix is the leading, one of the, one of the first subscription services to go out there to offer premium content, right? That, that word content. 696 theaters. Just imagine if it had been 4,000. You're averaging maybe. That probably would be be about right. They would put it at maybe 40 to 50 million. But that's just... That was a very odd experiment. And that, that counts as worldwide. It, it, it's, you know, I don't... I'm looking at the numbers, and worldwide, there is no worldwide. Worldwide is the same number as domestic, because I don't think it went worldwide. It was just for us. 696 theaters. And it it made money. It made money. And it proved that, because, again, it's a strategy of, well, you're going to get people to, you know, it's kind of like uh, what Andor did. They put on two shows. I got to see it on ABC. Because they, they act like the show was struggling, but some people act like it was struggling, and some people really like it. And it's kind of like one of those shows where it's the best Disney show that nobody's watching. Best Disney Star Wars show that no one's watching. Hmm. So they put the first two. Hmm. Try to get everybody on board and the whole time you're seeing these little pop-ups 
you know, stream all the shows. All the episodes are up now. You know, the whole marketing strategy of... Because I think when The Mandalorian came out, they did ten episodes, one a week, I think. Maybe they did three. I don't know. But Andor does three by three. Um, over the weeks. Three episode arcs, I guess. The first night they were available on Disney Plus, it was three shows. I got to see two of the three shows on ABC. Also went to Hulu, also went to um, FX, I think. And Freeform, I think. I don't know. But just all this stuff is just, you know, all relating back to what we always talk about of why do movies go to theaters? Why do some movies go streaming? And this really proved it. Worst Thanksgiving. It could have been the best Thanksgiving if the Knives Out movie got to go to more theaters. It would have been the best one. It would have set records, maybe. I don't know. Now next up is Avatar 2, which I'm reading articles that think that Avatar 2 is going to tank. Even James Cameron is prepared to let it go. He's like still up in, He still has another one coming out. Still working on two others. I read so many different things about James Cameron, I don't know what to think about him anymore. I really don't. Because it's like, when this first started, before the pandemic, he wanted to do five movies. He was writing all of them. And then come to find out, he didn't like the second one they wrote. He, he, he completely revamped it. And then he's changed he, um, the other two movies. Um, I think one of them, or both of them, hasn't begun production yet. And he's like, we'll see how that goes, and maybe it will be another director that will take over. So he's really had this different kind of thinking of his own movie franchise, which somehow Avatar has turned into a franchise. It's, it's very soon it's going to go from one to five. Very soon. But it's going to be taking up a lot of years. So it's not. It's going to be, you know, is it going to be a huge box set, or is it going to be, you know, gigabytes and gigabytes on your devices and slowing your internet down? Whew. Had a lot to talk about. Had to. You know, a lot of streaming. I know it's a lot of same... Jumbo jumbo, but this really just puts it into perspective of some movies go to theaters and some it, it, it's back like what it was. Some movies are going to go to theaters. Some should be just directed DVD things. Now your directed DVD things are now looked at as your streaming things, which means the heads or tails whether they're going to come out in another form. They're not putting that. I mean, studios used to have money to come out with one movie would have a DVD. A Blu-ray. A DVD Blu-ray. Different versions of the DVD. Different versions of the Blu-ray. All variations of your Marvel movies, your Star Wars movies, your big, big movies would have enough money to make all the discs. Some movies would barely have it. Studios would barely have enough money to release some movies as one DVD and one Blu-ray that you'd find on the shelf at Walmart. Barely. Barely. And then in Strange World, it has this other thing that's going for it. Or it's going to have, or it does have, the first gay character in a Disney Pixar movie. Now, they had hinted at a lesbian in Onward. Very subtly. I mean, it's like in, done in one line. But in Strange World, this is just going to be you know, one of the main characters, and he was just going 
you know, it was going to be widely known in the movie that the character was gay. This was going to be a big thing. So then there's like this talk that Disney, that's that would have been why Disney released it into theaters. Because they would blame it on that. They would blame it on the fact that their first their first character that they ever had was gay in their movie didn't make very much money. We're never going to do that again. That's what some people's view on that is. And that's like different kind of importance that gets overlooked. People go back and forth every day what they want to put under a microscope to really see what's going on in the industry. And in animated movies which are aimed at children, you have certain groups that are really writing against this stuff. And these voices that I hear all the time that act like they aren't heard. You know, there's a certain crowd, which has, which ironically and coincidentally has happened to be the reason why I wanted to start this show. I did want to dive into more political-type um, material. And I think that it's because everything can be seen as political, even if, you, even if you don't want it to be. And that's what's odd to me, is something like this, something that to most, it, it's, either, it's either it's important to you or it's not important to you. It's going to get under your skin. It's not going to bother you at all. I'm speaking as American, living in America, that the way this country is going forward, it does not make any sense to treat others in ways that degrade and devalue them. Okay? Because you can't say we're all treated equal and you still have people that don't have all their rights given to them. In this particular case, the gay community needs a movie like this, but maybe this wouldn't be the best example of a movie to have for them. But it exists because either somebody... For one thing, Disney has been known to... I think I mentioned on another show, Disney has canceled a lot. Like, when I say cancel, like, not do. Their projects that... Or canceled storylines that, you know, went too gay, as Disney would say. Which, you know, see their earlier work. They want to still be relevant in today's world and act like they're treating everyone equally. And they may or may not be. But they release this movie with this theme, with these characters. They put it out there. It did not do very well. And people are going to just sit around and go, why? And it was mainly like a bad strategy on the part that they didn't heavily market at what the movie was. Okay? Very simple. You know, you need more than a Jake Gyllenhaal interview. You need more to explain to kids what this movie is all about. I, like I said, I want to be very clear from the very beginning that this movie didn't appeal to me. Not for the reason I just stated. It's because I just... We had a lot of movies... Other movies... 
to watch. And this movie looked like it was a ripoff of other animated shows. Like it was pulling off something that made it look like it was original, and it wasn't. And I did not know at the time the depth of themes that were included in it. But yeah. So that's that. Here you have Disney's answer to everything. So, next up I want to talk about another show. It's Tim Allen. Tim Allen and Quentin Tarantino. No, they're not making a movie together. But it is going to get quite interesting of the different kinds of opinions that they have about their own work and the different opinions that they have about now and you'll hear my opinion on their opinions we come back with another some other useless podcast so thank you for listening thus far don't forget to subscribe if you already haven't to google podcast apple podcasts anchor.fm spotify breaker all those good things it's been an interesting conversation. Hope you learned a lot. Hope not too much of it was useless. I like to think that some of this is just going to stick around with us for a while. And the next show will also reflect that. Because that does kind of dive into Quentin Tarantino's view of what's going on. Everything I mentioned. Everything I mentioned, basically, is on Quentin Tarantino's brain as well. So, thank you for listening. And hopefully you'll hear from me soon. Bye, everybody.